This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Mary Kitzmiller from Kemp, Texas. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for April 14th, episode 2912. Good morning, Horse World. What is your favorite day of the week? never stop learning, you never stop understanding. It's more in depth than just riding a horse. Exciting, knowing that for the rest of my life I could work on this and, and I'll never stop learning. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Regular listeners know this, but if you're new to the program, maybe not you. Mary's here the second Thursday of every month where we get to sit back, enjoy her many, 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 many adventures, <laughs> as well as geek out on horse training and human training. So we haven't spoken to you for approximately 30 days, and you have been a very, very busy camper since then. Let's go through what you did in chronological order since we spoke last. Oh, you did yeah. Road to the, you did Road to the Horse, right? Yes. Yes, we did that. Uh, did that the last week of March, which now mm. feels like that was six months ago. Yeah. It was crazy. And then you did, what came next? The um, stock so, horse show? Uh, yeah. Man, I forget. No, actually, I did not do the stock horse show. I did a stock horse show before that at some point in March. Um, actually, a couple weeks before Road of the Horse, I took Remy to a stock horse of Texas show and actually competed in the same classes as a Road of the Horse competitor. Actually, Road of the Horse champion now, Mike Major. Is it Major or Majors? Now I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's Singular Major, I think. Mike, if you're listening, let us know if we got it wrong. Yes. Yeah. 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 We need to have him on the show if he hasn't been already. Oh, well, we need to have him on regardless just because he's an interesting guy. I know. Yeah. He's got some stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did a stock horse show, Road to the Horse, and then I just got back from a clinic in Oregon that was put on by um, some of our auditors. Woohoo! Auditors! Yay! Hey, um, so what we're going to do is we are going to talk about your road your road to the horse and your clinic after we take care of our training tip because we start every show with a training tip and I always love these because they're inspired by something well maybe I've got this backwards I might be speaking out of turn your training tip this month is finding a starting point my first question for every training tip is what was the inspiration for your training tip so I gleaned the inspiration from the clinic that we just see. Did. I had this backwards. So uh, clinic yeah. and, and training tip are all together. Go for it, Mary. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I noticed, um, from the clinic, you know, briefly, uh, touch on that is, um, well, and, and usually any horse that I run into, at an event that's, you know, whether it's a lesson or a clinic or just someone asking questions, um, 
the what what we want our horse to do is usually something to the effect of I want to get a bridle on my horse, or we had a horse that. Um, she was dealing with abscesses and she was a baby, a little baby warm blood. And so my experience with baby warm bloods is their attention span is like about three seconds and that's all you get. And <laughs> you got to get it done while they're still paying attention. Um, and so, but we need to doctor her feet. So we need her attention for longer periods. And she's, all, you know, uh, at one point in the clinic, she was, uh, a bit airborne because she was so excited and we were getting some hail on the roof and it was making loud noise. And, um, and so we're trying to, we're trying to get the behavior done that we have in our mind. I want to get the bridle on my horse or, um, my horse won't stand still when I go to get on, or I want to handle my horse's feet. And these all seem like very different problems, but they can yeah, all what be they bro- have in common. Hello. I know. Right. But they can all be broken down in the same way. And it's, it's one of those things, it's just that easy and it's just that hard because I can explain it and you'll go, oh, why didn't I think of that? Or, yeah, that looks really simple. And then putting it to practice can sometimes try our patience and, you know, tie our brain in knots. How do we get this done? So it's as simple as um, find something you're going to succeed at. You've got to find that starting point. And think of all these behaviors that you're trying to get done as actually millions of other little behaviors that create one behavior. Anytime you get stuck, you need to slice that behavior down into simpler steps. And if you get stuck there, slice it down into even simpler steps. And if you get stuck there, and this is called, uh, I think it's called micro shaping, if we're getting into kind of sciencey terms. Um, But for instance, with the horse that... We want to get her feet done, but right now she's rearing and bucking and running through the air. We can't touch her feet. That's going to be dangerous. I don't want to get down there if she's, you know, not paying attention. So um, what what is something I think I can get this horse to succeed at? We could succeed at together and go from there. So first thing I need to do is get this horse to pay attention to me. And that's, that's what I did with this horse this weekend is I gave her a really simple job. Your job is to put your eyes on me. That's all you got to do. Just look at me. And she could do it for a second. And then, you know, she wants to jump around and be silly again. And, you know, not her fault. She's got baby brain. Um, So we start at that simple task. Just, you know, pay attention to me. And we work on that until we're successful at that. And I did whatever I had to do to be more compelling than all the other distractions in the arena. So that might involve kind of making noise and get her attention on me or yielding her hindquarters and then telling her she was right every time she figured it out. So like anytime she put her attention on me, I give, you know, release all the pressure, give her loose lead rope, maybe give her cookie. Um, if you want to uh, put in the positive reinforcement, and once we had that, um, usually once you work on that little thing, you'll be surprised at how much your horse will do a 180. They go from, oh my God, what's this over here? And there's something over there. My buddies are over there and the barn is over there. And, and to you work on that little simple, hey, just put your attention on me. And the other thing to that is stay a couple feet back because if you're jumping around and being silly, I don't want to be collateral damage. Like, so stay away from me. Look at me. Yeah. So those are the two things. And they're very simple. And for a horse that is like kind of over threshold because they're super excited or they're really nervous or they have extra energy, 
a lot of times that's what those horses can handle. And as soon as they, you get them succeeding at those things. So I had to find that just very simple starting point with that horse. From there, I was able to go, okay, what's the next thing we can succeed at? Maybe I'm still not able to reach down and pick up her foot yet, but I know I could safely touch her neck. And if she stands still for me touching her neck, then I'll work my way down her neck to her shoulders. And if she's good for that, then I'm going to go down her foreleg and then down her knee and then down her cannon bone. Once I can touch her all over her feet and she's listening, now I can ask her to bend her knee. So even that before picking foot is something we can work on. And you this this seems like it might take just hours. It actually is the shorter way to go because you can either fight your horse and just fail over and over and over again. And you know, you get frustrated, they get frustrated, nothing gets done. You've got medication and hoof wrap all over the place. Or <laughs> okay, let's yeah. <laughs> we have all been there. Yes. Um yes, I think we've we've all had this lament. Or you can find a very simple win for your horse and then win over and over and over again and practicing that being successful, even if it's not the exact thing you wanted to get done, but it's you're getting down the road to that thing, you and your horse are going to have a way better time of it. Plus, y- your horse, the next time you have to go in and do something with them, they're only going to associate it with succeeding. And and you can also incorporate that reward-based training. And it's a much more pleasurable experience for both of you. So keep it simple. Find find that point in your training that you know you can succeed at. So if, you know, putting the bridle on the horse seems like it's going to be too much, what about I just pet on your face? Can we do that? And if that works, then go to the next thing. Well, can I pet on your face while I've got the bridle in my hands and then go to the next thing and the next thing? You don't have to know the exact steps. You just have to think about it and say, okay, what's something that's like what I'm going to do that we can succeed at? Yeah. It's like when, when the kindergartner has to get on the bus for the first time, sometimes it's good to go and hang out at the bus stop with mom, dad, big sister, brother, family, whatever, and do that for a couple of days before the bus actually shows up so that, like, okay, we stand here at the sidewalk and watch the traffic go by. We do that every day, and we hang out together, and it's lovely. Success builds on success physically, mentally, emotionally for human and horse, and you're right. You build on that. It doesn't matter. What's important isn't how far back you have to go to that point where it's a good starting point where you can find success. The important part from my point of view now is I'm, I'm just I'm just barely getting the knack of going back to this to the point where you can be successful because that's not something I ever did before. It's like you're going to do this now. Um, yeah, we, that kindergartner and demanding that they write a ten-page research paper on right, campaign finance right. reform. Right. It's like no, no, no. Right. <laughs> Let's try coloring on the page. Let's, Let's do try, that first. There we go. Let's color on the sidewalk. Um, going there sooner. Because what I tended to do was I wouldn't go to that point. I wouldn't go, okay, we need to break this down way further until I was unsuccessful, infuriated, and frustrated, and my horse was the same. I waited till we got to that point. So, yeah, yeah total sense. early in my career, I thought about horse training. Horse training for me was about winning, me winning against the horse. Like, yeah. you did this, and I showed you this, and then I won. And I think there's a lot of programs out there that are still like that. Like, don't you got to show them who's boss? Don't let them take advantage of you. And um, the problem with that is you're both losing, even if 
you know, your horse was bucking and you rode all those bucks and then you never bucked again. You really lost something there. It shouldn't have come to that. If you're in a fight, you need to get out of that fight. Don't worry about, did I win? Did he win? You just, you need to back up because it shouldn't, there should not be a fight. And sometimes that happens. I run into resistance and I, I have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. We're in a bad spot. Back the heck out of there and find something. It, it should be about you both winning together. He should win. You should win. Both of you should be happy. It is not you against the horse. Yep. There you go. I think, I think again, that's another thing that we need to put on. We need to have t-shirts by Mary. Because you come yeah. up with these great memes that need to be on people's t-shirts. It's yeah, I like that one. We're gonna put that on a t-shirt. Heck yeah, we'll make millions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a lot of fun. I love I love the training points, and uh, we're gonna jump into our next segment for the show today, which is Mary's latest adventures, and we're gonna do that right after we hear a little bit from Horseware. In the world of horse racing and elite equestrian sports, it's all about how to prepare and repair. IceVibe is a truly portable and highly efficient circulation therapy system for your horse. Before activity, prepare to prevent damage by using the IceVibe's vibration pads. Repair after the event by using the unique combination of cold packs and vibration to minimize swelling and encourage blood flow. And because it's battery powered, IceVibe is truly portable. The essential and affordable tool to prepare and repair. IceVibe. And it's Mary's Adventures time. This is good adventures this time, not flat tires or broken horse trailers or anything like that, right? Yeah, it was relatively knock on wood. Um, it was great. No problems. So where did you go? Who did you take? And what did you do? So I got to go back to Road to the Horse. I don't think I've been there since um, we covered it with the Horse Radio Network back in 2016. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, it was – I don't want to say it was last minute because I knew about it um, around Christmas time. Um, but I – uh, we decided we were going to have a booth there um, with our company that does the jewelry and art. And then, you know, I was talking to Tammy who puts that on, uh, who pretty much, I mean, she she's running a lot of that show. And she's doing an amazing job. Western Horseman is uh, behind the wheel now and they're doing amazing things. It's such a fun event if you've never been. And um, so... She said, oh, we're doing this kind of casual freestyle competition. Um, you know, it's not any big stakes thing, but, you know, it's open to like pen wranglers and com past competitors and current competitors and uh, asked if, you know, would you be interested? I was like, yes, I would. Um, so I brought my little fluffy Mustang Remy to be in the freestyle and then um, – uh, there was also an opportunity to do a training clinic. So I did a clinic on Thursday. I did like a little hour-long presentation. And um, the little feather in my cap is uh, I did it on positive reinforcement training. And I think maybe I'm the first person to ever kind of introduce that idea at Road to the Horse. So I feel pretty wow. pretty proud of myself there. Yeah, that's neat. Really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think all trainers are using, all good trainers are using positive reinforcement training. You know, you pet on your horse when he does really well and you give him things that he likes and that motivates him. Um, but I showed a couple of ideas about how you can mark behaviors. So introduce some of those clicker training concepts. It was really fun. And, um, you know, speaking of the training tip about finding a starting point, I was so inspired 
watching these trainers. We had Brandy Lyons, Pat Pirelli, Glenn Stewart, um, and Mike Major, who's a first-time competitor, as well as Brandy. And um, uh, they all did tremendous jobs. They picked some tough little colts, let me tell you. <laughs> so was it three competitors this year in the in the brown pens? It was four. So it was four. Glenn, uh, Glenn, Brandy, Pat, and Mike. Okay. And um, I thought saw a super great example of finding where you can win your with your horse with Brandy. Her first session in the round pen, um, she picked a horse that uh, this really big, pretty Rony pony that was really, really quiet. And sort of turned off. He was like, I'm not interested. I don't want to play this. Nope, it's not happening. Which those horses can actually be more difficult than the one that is like sometimes jumping into the rafters. Because, you know, those horses are really sensitive and it can be really easy to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your friend and show you what to do. And sometimes those horses are like, oh, thank God. And they will do what you want, and they're really feely and sensitive. This guy had just gone on what I call screensaver mode. He was out to lunch, and, you know, everyone else is getting their horses caught, and Brandy's just trying to get hers attention. He's just standing there like, no, nah, not going to do it. Like, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? And so I'm watching her round pin like with super keen interest because I I already was like, oh, she picked the toughest one. The others might be kind of like jumping around and those are more dramatic to watch. Right. Yes. So they look more difficult. And those those horses are challenging too, but hers, you run into this conundrum of how much pressure do I use to get a response? And on a horse that their go-to is not to, to go into flight mode, but to go into this shutdown, like they just pretend nothing's happening. Like they're like, I'm just going to close up shop and ignore everything. What do you do? If you increase pressure, you run this risk of using way too much pressure and still not getting anything done. Um, so what she did that first session was, it was beautiful. It was so good. She worked on what that horse could succeed at. So, you know, she, she'd gotten the horse caught and was moving it out a little, but he just still wasn't like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And so I was going through my mental checklist watching this horse and I'm thinking he's not ready to saddle. Like you can't even get him to move out in the round pin. And I see her put the saddle on him. And I, at first I was like, oh, that's not, you know, I would want this and this and this to happen before we get the saddle on. But you're in a cold starting competition. You got to move things along. So she saddled the horse because the horse was like, well, I'll stand still. So she took that opportunity. Okay, well, why don't we why don't we work with the saddle a little bit? And instead of trying to get in the fight with the horse and kicking up a bunch of dust and getting him to move, that's when she she got the saddle all um, cinched up and then she walked out of the round pen and took her break. And I was like, oh, interesting. And that horse just being alone with the saddle, he was like, I'm just going to walk around a little bit. And I saw him just start to loosen up and get used to the idea of wearing the saddle without all the added pressure of someone trying to push on him, which he would have surely shut down to. 
And she, that's, that's what she did the whole session was just take whatever opportunities this horse was giving her. And by the end of that session, like as I was watching it, this horse just all of a sudden he just started loosening up and his, you know, he started going from this pokey, I don't want to do it walk to stretching his legs out and moving out. And like, he just turned into a different horse by the end. And her session was the most quiet. And you would think, oh, she didn't get that much done. She got so much done with that horse. She worked the horse that was in the pen, not the horse she was probably thinking she was going to get. Um, and she ended up second place that day. I thought Mike also did a really good job. To me, they were neck and neck and they were just points apart. And that was my favorite. That what, Like every time I go to the road of the horse, I get like this little tiny seed of inspiration out of watching the whole thing. And that's what I take home and hold on to. And watching her, I was like, that was so good. That was amazing horsemanship. And I hope everyone who watched it recognized. It's that's, that's so cool. See, now I wish I was there. Um, nothing in horse in the horse world is linear. <laughs> no, no. It's like a, Someone described it to me as a spiral winch, which I think is perfect because you keep coming back, but you're evolving as you come back around to the same kind of discoveries. For me, it's like flight of the bumblebee though. I think. Yes. I think that's, yeah. The yeah. Bit chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's my ADHD. <laughs> sometimes flight of the bumblebee is played at double speed and sometimes it's played at half speed, but yes, I think that that melody is pretty much how horse training goes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just <gasps> chaos all the time and chaos and all copious the time. amounts of caffeine. There you go. Well, we're going to take a quick break here and hear a little bit about something new on the marketplace called Trust Design Halters. And then when we come back, we are going to enjoy a listener question. Woo! Well, Trust Design says ditch the boring. Just because halters are pretty much the most utilitarian item in your kit doesn't mean they should look boring. Halters should be beautiful. Be the first in your barn to have halter style on point with a Trust Design halter. They are truly one-of-a-kind designer halters. Visit TrustDesign.com. That's spelled T-R-V-S-T Design.com. And it's listener question time. If you're not an auditor, you should be. Go to Horse Radio Network and click on the auditor banner and find out how you can submit questions to the various hosts on the Horse Radio Network shows, interact, qualify for cool perks, etc. And this is the part of the show where we take one of those submitted questions and we geek out on it. So who is it and what is it this month? Mary. Okay. We have four questions. Three of them I all tie in beautifully to the point I was making earlier about finding a starting point. Um, so I won't be able to touch on all of the questions, but we do have one where we've got a horse that can't concentrate when his buddy is in the ring. We've got a, a, a car, Carly. That was TJ's question. Carly is asking about bridling for the first time. We have Flossie who's talking about a senior horse who she wants to move to bitless. So those three questions fall under the um, find something your horse can succeed at. Um, one I do want to touch on is um, Madison's question. And she says, what to do when your horse constantly bites you, angry bite while being brushed and washed intact, not playful nipping. And the reason I want to 
narrow in on this question is what this is screaming to me. I'm not, I'm not seeing your horse. So I have, you know, just the context of this question, but what this is screaming to me is maybe we need to look at a medical cause. Um, especially if this is something that is kind of out of the blue for your horse. Uh, so horses that, um, get really kind of nasty about this, especially, you know, this horse is when you're trying to brush. And so like when you're trying to touch this horse and tack this horse, um, there could be a lot of things going on here. It might be behavioral, but I, if I had, if I saw this horse, I would probably say, let's rule out a pain or discomfort issue. And, um, I think even a commenter in the group mentioned ulcers. That'd be the first thing I look at because it, can cause a lot of pain and discomfort to a horse, especially all around their belly and girth area. But even I've seen it to where they're like, don't even touch my ears. Like, don't touch my face because they're that uncomfortable. And um, so if you have a horse that is doing this and it's not normal for this horse, you can't think of any kind of event that might have created this in the horse. I would speak with your vet um, and ulcers would be the first place I'd look. You know, there's other places that you might uh, look. The horse could, you know, have some sort of muscle or skeletal pain. You have to play detective and it might be a little bit of a frustrating search, but that's kind of where I would look. And if I've exhausted all options and I'm sure I don't think it's a pain and discomfort, that's when I would go to training. And the training version of this would be very similar to what I talked about. Find, find a place that your horse will let you touch them and they're, they're okay with it and stay there and reward your horse. You know, like sometimes it might just be right on their forehead. That might be the only place you can touch your horse without them getting upset. Work there and then go a little bit further, maybe down to their jaw a little bit, pet them there. And if they're okay, retreat back to that safe place Then go a little bit further. Can I touch you on the neck and then retreat? And you can combine this with reward-based training as well. But before you do any of that, I would look at, pain, discomfort. Yeah, that's very cool. And I might reiterate here, and and this is something I'm guilty of constantly. I'm one of those trainers that I always ask for too much. Um, Horse allows you to pet his forehead. He's like, oh, cool with that. I like you. We're good. Petting the forehead. We're going to move around and pet your jaw or maybe under your chin and give you a little scratch. Horses. Oh, cool. I like that. That feels good. I'm the person that will go, oh, he's cool with that. Let's do one more. And it's so hard, especially because most of us in the universe, our time with our horses feels so limited. Like, oh, we get as much done as possible. To to quit while you're ahead. Don't wait till you get a no. Don't wait until you get a I don't like it anymore to retreat. Because that can also reinforce the fact that, okay, if I put my ears back, she goes away altogether. We don't want to reinforce that because that is the kind of of reinforce we don't what we want is oh i want her to come back because she was petting my face and i really like that that's the answer we want so pet the forehead pet the jaw quit for today pet the forehead pet the jaw quit for the day pet the forehead pet the jaw pet the top of the neck oh look he's cool with that go away quick before he just he changes his mind am, am i kind of this on the right is track very now? yeah you're on the right track i would say so this is very tricky because you are trying to work your way to a challenging space. What maybe it's a Mustang that's never been touched for the first, you know, before. You do have to go. There's this area, but before the horse absolutely says, "Heck no, I'm out of here. 
we're done. And it's past the, I'm totally fine with this. This doesn't challenge me in any way. And that, so you've got these two areas. You've got, do not touch me here on pain of death. And I'm okay with this. You you venture into that no man's land and you have to go there, but you have to figure out what's too much, what is not what is staying? What is too much in the safe zone, and what's too much in the danger zone? You do have to challenge them a little bit, and you have to know when to get out of there. You have and to be Goldilocks and the three bears. My gosh, it is very, especially with a Mustang. Oh my gosh, Mustangs will you. You know, when I'm working on touching a Mustang for the first time, and I accidentally touch him a millimeter away from an area that he's already been touched, like so, I, I venture a millimeter off of that, and he's like, "You haven't touched me there before." I know. <laughs> It's like, dadgummit, dude. Um, <laughs> but you have, you know, eventually have to touch this horse all over. And same with, you know, this horse that, you know, we we want to get to a point where we could tack them up and bathe them and everything. Um, so if you do get to a point where the horse pins their ears and they say no, you're okay to back up a little bit. It's okay. That that's not giving up. Giving up is just like walking completely away. Um, go back to okay. How, I'm going to come back here now, but I'm going to try this again in a few minutes. Um, so yeah. And with this all relates to Carly's horse that, uh, this is a Mustang. She's bridling for the first time. So, you know, it, it relates to that. So getting the bridle on the horse seems like one easy, simple maneuver. It is for a broke horse, for a trained horse. Um, so Carly, you know, in this kind of vein of finding a place where, you know, finding that starting point, um, can you touch the horse everywhere on his face? Can you put your hands around his ears? Can you move his ears back and forth? Can you touch him all around his mouth? Cause you're going to put a bit in there. If you can't put your hands there, bit's not going to go. Can I, you know, can I, um, mess with his mouth and stick my finger in his, in his mouth? You know, that place between their teeth that we, that's my cue to, Hey, open your mouth. The bit is coming. Can you do that without him freaking out? Um, can you ask him to lower his head and he keeps his head down as you're petting him all over? Um, can you, you know, rub your hands over his eyes? These are things that I would focus on before you get the bridle out. And even one step before the bridle, I take, I use a long lead rope and I kind of double it and make like this fake bridle. It's hard to explain, but I, I make a big loop with it. And the bottom of the loop is kind of going to be the bit. And I'll use that lead rope and I'll practice petting the horse all over with that lead rope. And then I'll stick my thumb in its mouth and stick the bottom of that loop that I've made into his mouth, like this is the bit. And then I ask him to drop it. And I do that over and over again. So using that lead rope bridle is just one step back from, you know, they, the horse can usually accept that and have an easier time. And then once I work in the real bridle, it's not this big, scary, brand new thing for them. So, you know, that's the answer. Anytime you get stuck, you never go wrong with break it down, break it down more, break it down even more. You'll get things done a lot quicker and a lot more smoothly if you do that instead of trying to shove it on them all at once. <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> Which um, is sometimes what we do. But. <laughs> but yeah, we are prone to that as human beings. So for for folks who want to contact you about doing a clinic, talk to you about getting their horses trained, buy some of your artwork, commission some artwork, find out where you're going to compete next. All of those things are available, I'm guessing, online. How do they do it? 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Mary Kitts Miller Horsemanship is the page. And uh, we also have a Facebook for the jewelry and art and fun stuff that uh, we had in our booth at Road of the Horse. And that is Troublemaker Trading Company, both on Facebook. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see you next time. <laughs>